Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Joining me from the ocean moon of California, it's Aaron <laughs> Alvarado. Aaron. Oh, man. I just, you know, the waves are so choppy out here. Choppy. Yeah, I commandeered this little uh what they call it a skipper or a skiff or something? Yeah, skipper. So, sure. Yeah. 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 Those and are I Mavericks, just... I believe. Those waves. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mavericks, but there's a great mm-hmm. Gerard Butler film called Mavericks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like this is the place they must have been, you know, that where that film took place. But... Every Gerard Butler is a great Gerard Butler movie. Oh, he's never made a bad one. Mm-mm. He's never made a bad, not one no. single bad movie. He should have been in this Star Wars trilogy. I'll tell you that much. I believe uh, that he was. I, I think he played one of the stormtroopers. You think so? Mm-hmm. Well, we know that they do this every time. Uh, they put celebrities in. We should rank our favorite celebrity stormtroopers from the films. Because we got like Tom Hardy, Daniel right. Craig, uh, literally the princes, uh, the royalty from, from Britain. Oh, I thought you were going to say from Saudi Arabia. I was like, what? No. Oh, that, wow. Yeah. No. Could you imagine the crown prince? Muhammad oh, bin Salman is, you know. <laughs> As the emperor? The, yeah. The, yeah, no. That, not great. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. We're, so is this true or not? I don't know. You would know. Um, in the prequels, weren't the guys from NSYNC in one of the in one of the prequels? Is that true or not? I, I have never heard that before. Okay. Uh, it sounds like something that is definitely true. Can we get the Washington Post to fact check that that uh, <laughs> statement I just made? How many Pinocchios do I get for saying that? <laughs> oh gosh, uh, you know what? Absolutely. If there's a movie where NSYNC was, I guess what would they have been? Clone Troopers. So I think that they were uh... Gungans. Please tell me they were Gungans. No, no, no. So the, I think that they were. They played Jedi in that in in that final battle. Lisa, Justin Timberlake. Uh, okay. <laughs> if they you were know, in the arena battle where they're where the, all the Jedi fight. Uh, okay. Look, there's th- this is not going to be the only reference tonight where we're going to talk about arenas and uh, <laughs> uh, arenas uh, <laughs> full of people. <laughs> um, uh, yes, we will get into that. I don't want to. Sp- yes, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. It's. In the title of this, anyone listening at this point, should, it should be made very clear to you that we're going to be spoiling The Rise of Skywalker, but this is the final warning. We are going to be spoiling. We're going to be doing a deep dive. Um, Aaron, you and I just both saw a, a, a Star War, a new Star War <laughs> came out. I feel spoiled after seeing it. It is <laughs> spoiled with the goodness of J.J. <laughs> Abrams' decisions. Uh, we we are going to talk about this film, its film as it relates to the other two films in the sequel trilogy, but also as they've been talking about ever since the production started, the film that's supposed to wrap up a nine-movie arc, Okay, the Skywalker saga, as they call it, which is a story all about the Skywalker family that starts with Anakin. It's told then through Luke and then through Ben Solo, who is... Uh, the Skywalker in this story, though certainly Ray is is the the primary protagonist and focus. I would say uh, he'd kind of it's kind of one A one B with Ray and then Kylo. So we're gonna have a conversation about the film generally. What we thought of it, did it work? Did it not? We're gonna break down character arcs and uh, as again as it relates to this film and the other two and whether or not they you know were done right. So we'll break down those characters. I would love to run through as much of this movie as possible 
uh, in terms of its plot points, the many. Uh, I don't know that we have enough time to go through all of the plot. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. And so, yes, we're going to break down positives and negatives as well. I want you to start, Aaron. And I'll try. you're a noted Star Wars cynic. That I not, am. That you're I not am. a fanboy. We, we, if you On the Facebook live feed, you can see kind of the decor in both of the rooms we're broadcasting from. One of them has some references to Star Wars and the other one does not. <laughs> so yours is the one that does not. Uh, I, I'm just I'm curious from your perspective going in. I know you didn't expect much and you had some of the same concerns that I did from when we did our trailer review, but I'd, I'd love to know what you're just, what was your takeaway? What were your thoughts? Sure. Today? Yeah. I mean, just to, just to speak of my mind of how I felt about the sequels. First of all, I love the original trilogy. I thought it was incredibly fun and innovative and one of the most important stories ever told on film, if not, you know, American pieces of literature or art or whatever you want to consider it. It's incredibly important and it transcends the film medium. Um, so of course I, you know, I watched the prequels and I, th I think they were incredibly terrible, like everyone else with, mm -hmm. uh, sensibility. Well, um, people have been coming around on them, but yeah, uh, unfortunately I think they're really incredibly bad and laughable and, but in the moment I thought they were entertaining. Um, but you know, so I, I was a fan. I'm definitely a fan of the series. I always have been. Um, but the sequels, I have not really been on board with any of them. The Force, Force Awakens, I felt it was way too close to the original A New Hope. I just felt it was like almost basically a beat beat for beat remake, uh, basically just reskinning the original movie for a new generation of moviegoers. You know, of course, that makes me a cynic, but I think um, the the Last Jedi I had huge huge problems with that. Again, I I just rewatched it before going into this movie just to be sure of how I felt about it, and the same things that I didn't like the first time, they all struck me even harder upon the second viewing. Uh, but I can admit that it's the better movie I felt mm. of the two. Um, so I wasn't a huge fan. I, I haven't been a huge fan of the sequels whatsoever. Going into this third one, I had the lowest expectations, especially in the wake of Solo, which I thought was just a catastrophe. Um, <laughs> I, I can't even believe that they released that movie. Honestly, in hindsight, I think that they should have just sat on that one, took, took the knee, took the loss, don't even release that, push on Disney+. Plus. Um, but they did release that. And, and I think every decision they've made since solo has, has just been a disaster, except for the Mandalorian Mandalorian stands on its own. We love it. We've talked about it many times. Yeah. Yes. So coming into this movie, I had incredibly low expectations. I, I basically only wanted to see how they wrap up the rate Ray and Kylo Ren story. That's the only reason I was going into the, or that's my only expectation going into this. Um, and even with those low expectations, this movie disappointed me. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's just, I mean, I don't want to get into the minutia just yet, but I will just say the same problems that I had with J.J. Abrams, The Force Awakened, I felt resurfaced in this movie. He he loves to connect. He Basically, I think the way that he makes these films is using the original as training wheels. So he uses the original characters. He uses the original story arcs and plot points. And um, he takes uh, all those characters that, you know, we're all familiar with and and they have all this history and he uses them to prop up his his story, like his movie. And that's what we get in this movie. And all that stuff, all the connections to the past. I understand this is a sequel to the original trilogy. So there's always going to be that connection. But this movie cannot exist. It can't stand on its own two feet without 
all of those touchstones that he loves to harken back to. So that's why I call it training wheels is because he uses them as a crutch. He uses them as like bumpers on a bowling alley um, to roll his ball down the, down the lane. Um, and so I had a problem with all the stuff that, that touches back on the original trilogy. What I didn't have a huge problem with was the Ray and Kylo relationship. Again, this is what I was going into the movie wanting to see how it culminated, see how it wrapped up. And at the end of the movie, by the end of the movie, I should say, I felt pretty good about it. And, and I think that it mostly worked for me. So if there's one big takeaway I have from the movie, it's, I think in my mind, in my estimation, they did Ray and Kylo's characters justice. I think that they gave them an arc from the first, from the force awakens through to the rise of Skywalker. Those two characters are the only two characters that had an arc and it actually yeah. worked. And I appreciate those characters for what they are. Um, it's just everything in the periphery, everything around them did not work for me, uh, except for BB-8. I, I'm a big fan of BB-8. Yeah, BB-8. But, but, but everything else beyond them is just, it's either forced, it's contrived, it's uh, a connection to a, 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 a past better character. It's all the same notes replayed. Um, and it's just, for me, none of that stuff works. I've already seen it once. I don't need to see it again and again and again, which is what we got for some of this stuff. So uh, The Rise of Skywalker for me was a big miss, Did, was not a fan of it. Um, but by no means is it a bad movie. I will say that technically it's it's a good movie. Like it, it, can, it can stand on its own versus like uh, the prequels, which were objectively terrible movies. Everything about them was bad. Yes. Um, but technically J.J. Abrams is a master. Like he's he can direct a, a movie. It's just the details are where he's fuzzy. Overall, he understands everything about it. He he created a, a film um, that's beautifully shot. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Everything about yeah. it is, I mean, some of the plot and the pacing is is a problem, but technically, it's a really good movie. It's you know, I, and I don't even think that you have to be steeped in Star Wars lore to watch this movie. I think that it's it's very friendly to a casual Star Wars fan, and I think that's maybe to the detriment. Um, it's one of the things that a lot of people are having a problem with. It's maybe too too normy, if you will. Um, but yeah, so again, it, this is not a bad movie, but for me, it's completely ineffective, and I was not overall a fan of it. Um, it was probably my least favorite of the of the sequels. Um, it's not as bad as Solo. I thought Solo was worse, but it's it's not a good movie for me. Yeah, so it's been interesting seeing people's response to this movie because it's been varied, right? I mean, we knew ahead of time that their critical response was not good. Uh, in fact, it sits in Rotten Tomatoes score, which I know is a silly scoring system, but it's ranked right now as the second worst Star Wars film ever made. Uh, and it's like 57%, I believe. And so it's technically rotten. Uh, that is only exacerbated my concerns going in that this film was going to be a train wreck. Um I um, seeing though the the reactions from the from varied groups has been interesting because there are a lot of people that you know didn't like the Last Jedi. There's a lot of people that love the Last Jedi. Um, I I see some people being so overly enthusiastic in their response, almost as a way to say like I love this movie so much, be, like as a response to the Last Jedi. It's almost kind of like this is Star Wars for me, and they wrapped it up perfectly, and this was everything I wanted. And and I've been genuinely like happy to see the amount of people that are happy with this film. I think people generally have really, really enjoyed it. And I, I like, that's great. Um, 
The Last Jedi was more divisive, I would say, even if it, that divisive nature of it was a little bit overstated. Uh, it certainly had critical acclaim, but uh, but the fan response is a little bit more divisive. This, I would say, Rise of Skywalker has a couple different camps in terms of how they responded, which is which has been interesting. I wouldn't say anyone's come outright and just truly despised this film, or like there's not as much vitriol. I'd say the people that don't like it are a little bit more disappointed um, with some of the story choices. I'll tell you, for me, I it was a roller coaster of emotions watching this film. And I'm still struggling and processing what exactly to make of everything. How many times um, have you seen it? I've seen it twice. So I saw it again last night and I actually took copious notes. Uh, I went to a late show um, and uh, hoping that I could just even just sit in the first couple rows or in a row where I could actually like write notes on my phone without it, you know, being in view of anyone. And so thankfully I found I, I had that situation. So I was writing down tons of stuff as it was happening. It's great because the first time watching it, I'm able to like, experience it for the first time be surprised be horrified laugh at the jokes for the first time all that stuff's great um there's also just like no way i was going to be able to catch all of that plot the first time um in fact after i saw it uh I had a friend of mine texted me and said i feel like you probably hated that movie um and uh, he had gotten out of it his showing around the same time and he he really liked it but he's like i feel like you probably hated this movie and my response to him was uh, I have as many feelings as that movie had fetch quests. Um, <laughs> and that's really... Your response was, it's complicated. And you're like, I'm talking about the plot. But I... Some context here. Okay, two years ago, I find myself doing this pre-pod right before The Last Jedi. I'm about to see The Last Jedi. And I'm like in this closet in this tiny hotel room in downtown Tokyo. Uh, and I'm recording like I'm about to go in. And then on the same pod, I also have my instant reaction. But, but you know, I have this kind of this pre uh, right before going in. And I talk about what I was hoping to get out of The Last Jedi. And even though I, I really did enjoy The Force Awakens tremendously, primarily because the characters I really loved that JJ uh, and Lawrence Kasdan introduced, um, I still had major concerns about this fact that they just brought another version of the empire back, another version of the emperor in this Snoke, no real explanation of how or why, or what, what exactly is going on. Another very Luke esque character. And you know, it, I, I was able to forgive a lot of those choices just because of how much fun the movie was and how much it felt like star Wars. And I'd really do like how it was casted in the characters. And so I was like, okay, I can deal with one film being almost a mirror of, you know, one of the OTs, right? It, better, better mirror that than Phantom Menace. And so I, I was okay with it, but I, my hopes for The Last Jedi that I said in that pod, uh, two, the primary things was that I wanted Snoke to be dealt with and not just like an explanation of necessarily where he came from, but like, I don't need another Vader Emperor dynamic here. Like I would love Kylo to get the shine, right? And it's amazing that I did not know going in about what was actually going to happen to Snoke. <laughs> so, but that was one of my hopes was to get rid of this so we can actually have something different, a different dynamic than what we've already seen that movie. So like, you know, like give us something new. And then also I wanted Ray's parentage to not be significant. For the two years in between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, that's all people talked about is who is what Ray related to. Okay. Um, and I just wanted that to not be important. Just because The Empire Strikes Back is one of the most iconic movie moments in history where it's revealed that the main bad guy is actually the father of the main good guy. And that was so shocking. Uh, we feel like that has to be a hallmark of Star Wars, that we have to have our main characters related to people that are important. And so I hoped that 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 you know, just wouldn't be just, this is just nobody. Right. And so 
as you can imagine, watching The Last Jedi, I loved the movie. I've talked a lot about it. But those two decisions in particular were enormous to me. So now imagine me going into Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before you get into that, though, can we mention your epic Twitter thread for The Last Jedi? Sure. Yes. So I, I, I have many friends who do not like The Last Jedi. Uh, I've had many conversations with people where I will try and defend it, you know, um, and we'll talk about, you know, how it worked, what worked, didn't work for them, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I received a tweet um, from a friend named Brandon who really had a sincere request. He said, please, can you please explain to me why you love The Last Jedi? I, I genuinely want to understand just kind of coming from someone um, that really likes that movie. Like what, what exactly is it that you enjoy? And he, he literally said like, please convert me. Like he, he actually wanted to love, I think he was really conflicted. I don't think he hated it. Like, like some people it's just, it ruined Star Wars, ruined their childhood. It wasn't quite like that. But he was genuinely like, I don't know. I don't know. Like what was it? Right. And so the thing about movies is like, you go see it, you were going to react to it. Like, and that's really, that's how you feel. Like you shouldn't, <laughs> there's no convincing someone a movie is good if you felt like it was bad after you watched it, right? Like it's you, really the experience that you have with it is the authentic feeling you have. So it's kind of a silly exercise, admittedly, but I've had this conversation enough times that I was like, you know what? I'm screwed. I'm, I'm going to write a, the longest Twitter thread I've ever written. I just don't really write tweet threads. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to break it down and I'm going to include clips, scenes from it. So I got, you know, I got a copy of it that I chopped up into little bits, little 30 second to one minute scenes. And I broke down all, every single reason why I feel like it's the, you know, one of the best Star Wars films, the top two or three Star Wars film. And, uh, and yeah, it generated some conversation. I had a lot of feedback from people on it, which was largely positive. It was actually good, but it was helpful for me to have this one place. Now I can link to people ask me like, you like Last Jedi? It sucks. What do you like about it? Well, read my tweet thread. <laughs> <laughs> and check out my SoundCloud. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I felt like Ryan Johnson moved the pieces of the story in a way that yes, subverted expectations, but also were advantageous to t whatever direction that at the time Colin Trevorrow, who was hired to be the director of the next film, Rise of Skywalker, um, whatever direction he wanted to take it, he had the pieces in some really interesting spots. Right, like I, I just felt like Ryan did a really good job of setting him up. You got Kylo Ren as the supreme leader. We know we don't have to worry about Ray's parentage. She's no one. It's established. Like let's let's move on and you know finish their arc and let's tell the story and let's do something new and interesting in Star Wars. We don't have to rehash the same story. And so um, I just was really excited about that opportunity that he would take it. Now he was fired, uh, which was fine because I don't know that Colin Trevorrow was a great director. But when he's replaced with, by J.J. Abrams. Even though I think J.J. Abrams made something really, really fun, and J.J. Abrams, as you mentioned, really good filmmaker in terms of like uh, he creates really like exciting, fun, adventurous. Like he's good at casting. Good at he can make a movie look good. He's not a bad filmmaker, um, but I, I, I didn't trust that he would want to take the pieces where Ryan had left them, and those concerns were <laughs> validated uh, <laughs> because this movie does really just is a retcon in the most blatant way of the Last Jedi in ways that made it very difficult for me to enjoy while watching it because it was so overt, so in your face. So we are undoing everything that was done before. Um, and uh, in a way that bogged down the film, it was hard for the film to move forward because of a lot of those decisions. Um, now, there were things about this movie that I loved so much. 
it's full of moments that are incredible. It's not a bad movie. Um, but I, I walked away being pretty disappointed. Uh, as a conclusion of this sequel trilogy, as a conclusion of Star Wars, it was a movie that was that had a relentless pace with way too many fetch quests to grab this doodad to grab like we are we are we have to go to this place to get a message from a you know a secret spy to go to this place to find out that there's a location of a secret dagger to go get the dagger but the dagger has an inscription so we got to go another place to get that inscription which tells us where the wayfinder is because the wayfinder is going to tell us how to get to the portal because then the portal is where we're going to get to get to palpatine like it's it's really a lot. Um, and you're in the, the final film here where we've got a lot of things to wrap up. Like, do we have time to really go on this, these quests? Uh, well, I it, just thought it was ridiculous. At one point they had to go get the declaration of independence, <laughs> find the uh, star chart on the back of that. <laughs> Squeeze some lemon juice to reveal the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when they held up the dagger at one point, uh, I, 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 I was thinking about like, wait a second, how long has that death star been in the water? Like, 30 years, 20 years, something like yeah. that. So like, you're talking, are you talking about Goonies or are you talking about Star well, Wars? Remind me of Goonies, right? Like exactly. the first thing I thought of was like, oh, I really want to edit in a Goonies super, like a cut of them doing the same thing with the map and the, and the, uh, and the, you know. Well, Ray was going to find one eye Willie's treasure on the uh, Death Star. <laughs> yeah, it really made me think of that. But also like this ancient Sith dagger that was carved around the wreckage, which by the way, the tides have probably got to move some of that wreckage a little bit um, <laughs> you know, over time. I don't know. It's going to be in the same exact spot. But also it's like, oh, this ancient dagger is like not that old. <laughs> like pretty exactly. new. It's a freshly carved dagger. Uh, but those are silly things. Um, I, I swore to you I was going to start with positive things. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to veer back there. I will get back into some of the things I didn't think worked. But I do want to hit the positive because the, po the things I liked about this movie, I really loved. Um, and, I, and weirdly, I feel like guilty because people be like, what'd you think? And I'm like, I don't want to tell them that I didn't like this movie, but I didn't like this movie. Um, with that being said, the Kylo Ren arc in particular was incredible. Uh, I think they did his character in great justice. It was uh, they completed his arc in a way that was very satisfying, also believable. Um, I think Adam Driver did some incredible acting work. Um, and I, this, my favorite scene in this whole thing is with him and Han. And, uh, I know it's kind of hokey, but the fact, like just seeing Harrison Ford, seeing Han Solo there, the way that he talks to his son absolves some of the guilt of killing him. The way they bring back that line, the callback to like, I know what I have to do. Like the fact he says dad, and then he's, before he can finish it, he says, I know, you know, you know, he's going to say, I love you. So yes, those are fan servicey things, but actually it worked in the service of the story because if Kylo Ren's really going to turn to the light side, it needs to be pretty believable because this man has some blood on his hand. He has committed untold war crimes. I mean, we open the movie with him committing a war crime on Mustafar. He's just like, just taking out villagers somewhere, right? Like, I mean, also he killed his dad. So <laughs> also he killed his dad. So if, if, if he can really be absolved of the, you know, all this stuff, it's got to be you have to have his dad come in and, and and say it's okay right and and that's exactly what they did and actually it, it worked and i even think his acting like even before and after like when he's ben solo uh he doesn't have he's a man of fewer words as ben solo mm -hmm. i think he said ow um when he, jumped he gave a nod the, he gave a nod yeah he gave a nod his boys he gave yeah it was like a semi-curtsy which mm -hmm. i actually kind of love um and that let's just go right into the next thing i love the saber fights in this movie I loved so much the saber fight on the Death Star. Uh, the way that, I mean, 
the saber fights in this trilogy have largely been really good. I think this, the the Snoke throne room sequence is just going to be an all timer. But on the Death Star, they're how physical they're going at each other. But but then they start pulling punches. They get exhausted, both of them, and you could tell that they're at a point now where they're not going for the kill. They're not going for the kill. Um, they're kind of have these weird pauses. And then they go for it again. And it's just like this really fascinating dynamic in a way that was almost intimate in a weird way. It was like violent, but intimate. it's kind of weird. Uh, maybe even messed up. But um, they uh, he stops in the moment that he realizes Leia is passing. Um, and and I want to talk, we'll talk about Leia as well. But he stops in that moment as she calls out to him um, and uses the last bit of force energy or life or whatever to, to reach out to her son. And that he stops and has this moment and then Ray stabs him through the torso. And it's kind of surprising because it was a little bit like, whoa, I could have done this multiple times. Just like we weren't do. I thought we were not, you know, killing each other in this moment. We had opportunities to, but we were pulling our punches and then she just kind of goes for it. And I think it was in a moment of rage and, uh, and she immediately regrets it obviously. And then of course, of course heals him. Um, but everything in that scene was great. And then the Knights of Ren who he gives a nod to, I, it's kind of sad that he just dispatched his college buddies like that. I mean, <laughs> he gives them this look like, yeah, I know. Like his he puts boys. his hands down and does this kind of shrug kind of like, yeah, I know. Look, I'm a Jedi. Uh, yeah. She just did this lightsaber handoff to me. Like, I know, I know, I know guys, you're going to give me a hard time about this, but like, let's just get on with it. I'm going to murder all of you. And then he does. <laughs> um, and uh, which, yeah, I mean, I don't really know anything about the Knights of Ren. I have no idea who they were. If, I think a lot of people assumed that they were other people in that Jedi Academy with Luke that, you know, when he burned it down, because Luke had said there were other students as well. I think a lot of people assumed the Knights of Ren were those students. Um, I thought they were the uh, the younglings that survived from uh, from Anakin's attack. Of Anakin, <laughs> from Anakin's attack. <laughs> well, <laughs> they didn't survive this one. No, they uh, didn't. So, yeah, I. Yes. So the saber fights I was all in on. Um, Ray's arc. Now you mentioned Ray's arc being one that was satisfying to you. It was satisfying to me as well in the, in, as it relates to Kylo. I can't, can't get past the Palpatine connection though. Agreed. I, it, it, it ruins the theme of the entire first film. It ruins what made this unique and interesting. This idea that she's no one, that this idea of the democratization of the force that you do not have to come from an elite family. You don't, your lineage is not the thing that defines you. You don't have to come from an important family to be a Jedi. That like this, you know, broom boy at the end of Last Jedi is like driving that point home, that theme home. But no, no, we had to make her a Palpatine. Okay. I mean, it, 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 it soured her story for me in a way that was really hard. I, ultimately, I still really like what happened with her and the, the all the voices, the uh, all that's great. But like, I mean, even at the end, at the end, she's on Tatooine and this old woman who really shouldn't be at all interested in what her last name is or her first name no. and most really probably should have just kept going. But she has to stop and ask her what's her name and wants to know what her last name is. And it's really kind of nosy. None of her business. Um, and then she's like, I'm Ray uh, Skywalker. And it was just like, oh, yeah, you're you're actually a Palpatine. But like, it's cool that instead of a Palpatine, you're saying a different important family. And it's like, no, no, right. You've already established this. You you're nobody. That's what's so special about this. That is that anyone anyway. So it it uh, I joked with my friends that if they revealed she was related to Palpatine, I was going to walk out of the theater. And so uh, as soon as the reveal happens, my friend Spencer looks over, leans over, looks at me and he just kind of head nods towards the exit like, hey, you going? You heading? 
And I kind of pantomimed leaving like time for you to go. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was really, I mean, yes. Is that me getting caught up in the plot detail? Yes. But it was hard for me to, to get past that. I mean, this it was a, a stupid problem. choice. Like bottom, bottom line is that was a very stupid choice. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredibly idiotic because, and this is the positive section, by the way, uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm already on to Palpatine. It, it's dumb for so many reasons. We'd gotten rid of snow. We cleared the deck. We had, uh, we have this whole Ray, you're nobody. We've established this. This is great. We don't have to revisit this. But what does JJ do? He fills the Snoke void by bringing back the last big baddie that that had a meaningful and very certain death. And not only is he going to bring him back, we're not going to get any explanation about how or what or why or what is going on. Everything with Palpatine was so weird that I'm what I, I it's like a mechanical arm. And how many fans are in this? Is there 10,000 people in this arena? Where are they? How long have they been waiting here? Like, are they like, did they, are there tickets on StubHub for this event? Like what is going on? I, I'm so confused. Who's running the concessions so for weird. that arena? Oh, I know. Sith snacks are not cheap. I know that much, <laughs> but it's like they, uh, and then, what was the emperor's motive? It was like, he's telling Kylo Ren, uh, you know, Kylo Ren at the beginning of the movie is like, why would I ever work for you? And he's just like, check it out. I got a hundred ships. I'll give you if you, if we go, you know, if we tag team this team up, you know, do a little team up and let's kill Ray. But then later he's like, no, 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 I don't want to kill Ray. I, I, we're going to join up. My spirit's going to go into you, but no, no, it's going to be, and he keeps like changing it. And it's like, un it's so muddled the motivations. I'm like, why this is set. We didn't even need this. We, we got rid of this care. We don't need this character to, this was not a void that needed filling. And then, of course, that's they they brought him back to connect him to Ray, which again we don't need this. It was it was so unfortunate because it got in the way of everything. It makes the movie just considerably worse, um, and it's just weird. It's really weird. So that's not a positive. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to other positives. I promise. Uh, I uh, I actually think this movie is really funny. I actually think it's the funniest of the three. And I think that that's largely thanks to Oscar Isaac. I think Oscar Isaac and was batting a thousand in this movie. His dialogue, like, how did it play in your theater? Because every line that that dude, you know, every single line of dialogue just hit. The crowd is laughing every single time. Huge. Yeah, huge, was, huge laughs for sure. And th that's the one thing that I noticed about the crowd reactions. Lots of laughs. There's there's a lots. There's many many laughs to be ha had in this movie, which was surprising to me, uh, because I didn't find anything funny of uh, in oh, the last Jedi. Yet. I thought it was terribly unfunny, painfully oh. unfunny. Mm. So, um, did you think yeah. this was funny? Rise I did color. actually. I actually liked Oscar Isaac a lot more in this. I thought Poe was treated a lot better in this movie. Um, he had stuff to do, which was interesting, and yeah. they made they gave him good lines. Good dialogue. They, maybe uh, I honestly I feel like Oscar Isaac. I, I think he might he may have helped workshop some of those lines. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he his dialogue was so much better than anyone else's. It just sure. was. Uh, sure. And so I, I feel like he had some hand in that uh, because yeah. it's just great stuff. Even yeah, and, yeah every little overall it's a it's a funnier movie too. You have C three PO with so I think C three PO got so lines. much play. He has so yeah. much play. And in the, in the first act of that film, he has got zinger after zinger, and it, yeah. it was working in my in my theater both times actually. And then there was Bubba Frick. Is that his Babu, name? Babu Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Yeah. People love Babu. Oh my god, huge goodness. fan, huge oh, yeah. huge fan of, of Babu Frick. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think if they were 
if they were smart, they would have sold Babu Frick dolls as you exit that theater because everyone in my theater was ready to buy one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I would have been fine if the reveal at the in this like the big reveal was that um, it was Babu Frick maybe up there at the top of the mechanical arm controlling Palpatine, and he's the one pulling the levers, like it's like Perfect. some sort of caterpillar tractor, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's Babu as the main mind behind, you know. It's like a cor- the corpse of Palpatine is actually dead. Mm-hmm. It's Babu that's speaking through it. But um, I don't know. I'm not sure if that would have been received as well. But um, <laughs> it would have made just as much sense. It would have made equal sense, maybe more, maybe yeah. more. Now, Babu Frick was great. Um, now, uh, I think Trey did, like, I don't know if it's him or if he's good at motivating the creature department, but he, he's done well. We, uh, BB-8 is great. And that was JJ's, that was his invention and it's a revelation. I will say um, we didn't need a new droid in this one, but we got one. Uh, Dio, like, we only have room for so many droids to be funny. And I don't think we have room for this poor, uh, seemingly abused droid. Like, what? What? weird. Oh, it was, was so weird. weird. It was weird. And we just didn't, I mean, in a movie full of plot, it was like, we just don't have time for this. We just don't. Also, but sell, so. also, what kind of abuse was that droid taking? I mean, if we go back to Solo, Uh-oh. we know that Uh-oh. we know that Lando had a thing Uh-oh. for droids. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh boy. Um, yeah, let's just say L3 would not be pleased with the way Dio was treated. Um, <laughs> Well, I was so, just thinking of the shape of his head. I don't know. I don't oh, my know. gosh. <laughs> Aaron, it's the PG pod. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, he was the worst droid. I mean. No, it was terrible. Terrible. Oh, the, and the that's J.J. Abrams no. voicing him. Oh, God. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it sure is. No, it really <sighs> is. I love that they just had, they didn't even have time to do beeps. They just they just do the, just the human voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yes positives everything with oscar isaac and and really just the character of poe in fact leia's death and we'll talk about leia right now as well but leia's death um when he comes back and finds out she's passed and he, it's really up to him now he is in charge of the resistance and everything he has this moment where he's kneeling next to um kind of her body that's got this you know um uh, tape bed sheet or whatever um over it and he's kind of talking to her being like how am i going to do this I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. And then Lando comes in um, and gives him a pep talk. And again, fan service, yes. But it actually was totally useful because Lando is a character that's been through this. He understands what's at stake. You know, he's been around. And it was really cool to see him used in that way. And uh, I mean, honestly, seeing Lando, even for the first time, the reveal of him, no matter how unlikely it is that Lando's really going to be just living in this motorhome on Pasana in the middle of this <laughs> desert. Like that's not really how Lando lives. We know Lando has, right. uh, you know, he has a taste well, has, for the finer things in life <laughs> and, and clouds. Like that's the other thing. Yeah. We know I just don't think that's, clouds. I just don't think this is how Did a man's he? living. There's no way. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, but it was cool to see, see him, seeing him that honestly there, I, I, for someone who wants to, uh move on with the new characters and let the past die i i kind of wish that we would have brought him in earlier in the earlier films because like it was really cool to see him um now leia's death we know that they had very limited footage to use footage that was on the cutting room floor from the last jedi and the force awakens and they had to cut around those scenes to give her a proper send-off one of the most iconic characters in movie history this is a tall task. I'm not, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it was. Uh, and there's just no way that it was going to be totally smooth. Um, clearly they 
wrote scenes built around one line of dialogue that she'd had, whether it was show some, show some optimism or never underestimate a droid. And they write a scene around that. Um, it was noticeable. Oh yeah. And most of their scenes like ones that you just didn't really need. Uh, but, but it's giving Leia more screen time. Now, how they chose to use the moment of her death and how it affects Ben and actually like having it matter in the plot I actually thought was done really well. And it like, it was a good motivating moment and it also provided for this moment I just talked about with Poe. So I actually think all things considered, they pulled it off. Did well, it work for you? The, the spirit of it worked for me, absolutely. And I think that, so I've heard some speculation that the Han scene was actually supposed to be Carrie Fisher. Oh. But, but uh, which kind of makes more sense it to me. It makes sense, yes. Um, but since she's gone and obviously they had to get something to fill that void. So Han, so in that, and in retrospect, that does, um, that makes that scene better for me, just knowing that she's not around. So they had to put someone there. So they bring back on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they tried their best and it just any scene with her is it sticks out like a sore thumb and it's, it's really hard to watch. Um, just everything about it. It's, it, it seems like, you know, for a movie that has top flight CG, I mean, everything yeah. with the cg is like it's you're not going to get better than this everything looks amazing like absolutely incredibly well done except for the stuff with leia um well it, it hurts that some of them it was actually her right they didn't have to i mean they yeah. might have cgi the entire body into a scene which was yes. fine but it was the moments where they cgi'd her face absolutely a different body is yes. when i had problems because the lighting is always off it's, it's so off yeah. yeah it's very it's you know it's startling it's like it's so stilted. The conversation it's uh, right. does not flow whatsoever. No. Doesn't really fit in what they're trying to say. Like her responses don't really fit. Um, the way that she delivers the line doesn't really fit ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> Even if the dialogue is like it, it matches what she should be saying. The line delivery is not right. Different energy. It right? It's like a different. Yeah, it matters. Yeah, you got to be able to. You're not feeding off of the moment in the room, right? It's, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So they tried their best, and um, you know, but. For me, it just none of that stuff worked, and I hated all of it. Oh, okay. And it made me just—it made me so aware, so cognizant that she's not there. Yeah. That it took me right out, and none of that worked. But her death scene, I thought, was incredibly powerful. Yeah. And um, I did. It was really interesting the way they handled it. So. Yeah. Um. And that brings me to my my next positive is Chewbacca. Mm -hmm. I actually like, um, this, and this is with the exception of the whole like Chewbacca's dead. No, he's not. I can only do that with so many characters in one yeah, movie. Absolutely. Uh, they're dead. No, they're not. Palpatine's dead, but he's actually not. But what about Ray's dead? No, she's not. But Chewbacca's dead? No, he's not. Um, you just can't keep doing this, right? Like it's just too many times in a movie. Um, and so, but thankfully this wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just like a really dumb thing to like, like it was really unnecessary. I don't think they needed that. Um, or they could have just killed him and left him dead. He didn't no, need okay, to come easy, back. Easy, easy. This is the Wookiee of our hearts, okay? Don't, don't you dare. <laughs> you can't have Chewbacca. has got it. No, Chewbacca was always meant to live through all of these. Uh, he will be in future movies, I tell you that much. <laughs> um, I, I loved how they opened up the movie. I mean, you get this Kylo scene, but the first scene we've seen with our first scene with our heroes is Chewbacca playing hollow chess with mm -hmm. Poe and Finn on the Falcon. And it's a really funny scene. Very funny. Like, how do they keep, how does he keep winning? And then like, he's cheating and he takes exception to that. He's like, I'm kidding. You're 250 years old. Like, of course you're better than us. Like, it's a funny scene. Uh, but I loved you using him in moments, like learning of Leia's death. You have Chewbacca gives by far the most emotional reaction. He laments, he drops to his knees and scream, like just really roars, which is interesting because it's, it's 
a reaction that it makes sense given their history, but it also is JJ kind of atoning for a bit one of the mistakes people had complained about in The Force Awakens in the first one, when after Han's death, when they come back on the ship and he gets off, that uh, they don't have him and Leia hug. Basically, he walks just right by Leia and she doesn't go to consult <laughs> Chewie about Han's death. Mm-hmm. This is like a thing on the internet. Be like, what the heck? Like, there's no way. Like, they would have because she went to embrace Ray, who just met yeah. Han, you know, 15 minutes previous. You know, it's so funny because like. Thinking back, there's so many little moments like that where JJ just like, for whatever reason, he doesn't, he's not aware of this stuff. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. so unaware. Yes. Uh, that's, I didn't even consider that, but you're absolutely right. Like that's, so, but people complained. So he yeah. does this in this movie as a way to be like, okay, I know, I know they're friends, like they're close. They've been through a lot together. And so I'm going to have a moment where we show Chewie's reaction for a little bit longer than we show anyone else's. But it also worked. It actually really was a powerful moment. Um, if you had told me his last scene with Maz, if you had told me about that moment uh, without me had se- having seen it, I would have cringed and hated the idea of it. But in the moment, I, w- I actually kind of loved it. And that's the scene where she gives him the medal from the Battle of Yavin, which again, this is what I hate about that is that this is directly responding to the internet, which has been talking since 1970, was it 76, 78? Um, they've been talking about how should we not getting a medal at the end of A New Hope when he... <laughs> was very much a part of that i mean literally walking up to the like in the ceremony and luke and han get the medals and chewy doesn't you know it's like justice for chewy uh and so giving him the medal if you'd noticed that when leia was actually first lying down to reach out to ben she's she's actually is holding han's medal from the battle Mm -hmm. of yavin and that's the thing that maz gives chewy so it meant a lot more knowing he's it's not just like oh we're you know we're rectifying this mistake that George Lucas made from the first Star Wars film. But it was also like, this is Han's medal and he does deserve this. Well, um, what's interesting is that I think that confirms that Chewie's the first um, Star Wars millennial because he got the participation. He award. got the participation trophy. Yeah. Yeah. What did he need to earn that? He just, <laughs> nothing. Just the participation trophy. <laughs> I mean, he's the mascot essentially. So. Our 250 year old millennial. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it kind of worked. It kind of worked. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I want to talk a little bit more about what didn't work, though. And I will say I knew we were in trouble at the opening crawl when the first words were the dead speak exclamation point. Like I'm coming in, you know, I'm talking about the last Jedi, the whole let the past die, let the past die. We're moving forward. And JJ's like, you know what? Counterpoint, the dead speak. And we're gonna we're gonna revisit a lot of the past. Let's we're roll bring it back. back some old familiar faces yeah. that are definitely dead, and we're not gonna explain how they're alive. And it was just like, oh no, the dead speak. And then this whole every again, I've already I don't need to uh, belabor the point about how stupid it is to bring back Palpatine, but even the way he comes back, like in this uh, in this communique from this resistance spy, um, the way Poe is like, oh, it's like he got a notification on the phone. And he looked at it and he was just like, oh, like some bad news. He like gathered everyone around. Like, everybody, everybody, like, gather, got some of the. So it turns out Palpatine's back. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> like, oh. What? Like, such a chore. You know, like the, the most evil person that's, you know, maybe ever existed. It turns out he's back and he's not dead. And people are just like, <laughs> dang, how did that, you know, how is that possible? It cuts to, to Pippin, or excuse me, Mary from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> played by Dominic Monaghan. Uh, literally, I wrote this down in my notes yesterday. I was, I was laughing. He was just like, um, <laughs> this is so stupid. Uh, dark magic, cloning, secrets only the Sith knew. Like, dark magic, <laughs> or is it cloning? 
what secrets that only the Sith knew? Uh, Mary, do you want to talk more about that? What did you learn on Mordor? Like, what did we... <laughs> By the way, also, I love I love Dom Dominic Monaghan. I love Lord of the Rings. We can't cast these people in Star Wars because when they're standing in circles at the Resistance base talking about the plan, I just kept feeling like he was going to pop out with Billy Boyd and go, we're going to, you know, like just the scene <laughs> from the Council of Elrond. I just, it took me right out of it. Uh, great actor, but come on. Although Good I would like Sean Bean in Star Wars. Oh, oh I'd take Sean Bean in anything. Yeah. Uh, it's got to die, though. It's got to die. Oh, always. Um, so yeah, so the dead, so the retconning of the last Jedi was very clear from the get go. Now, um, one of the things to me that I thought was so like over the top, almost cruel was what they did with Rose. Now I'm not going to defend <laughs> the character. Okay. That was not one of the things that I thought worked great in the last Jedi. Um, I mean, I don't think I hated as much as other people, but like, I, I feel like we just can't keep adding characters. We just don't have the time. So I would have been fine. I'm fine with them sidelining that character. What I thought was bad was how clear they made it when they were like leaving to go on the journey. And she's like, she comes running up and it's funny because Finn's like, hey, Rose, uh, last chance. You sure you don't want to come? And she's like, actually, he's like, no, no, you probably can't. Right. Like you got to stay, you know. Um, and she's like, mom yeah, says I'm grounded. Yeah, this is the, the do you remember the reason why she has to stay back, by the way? She I wrote it down to, the second time. Yeah, so she has to research something, right? She sure does. Study the specs of those Star Destroyers. So I, oh, she's wow. like, oh, the general wants me to study the specs of the Star Destroyers. And Finn's like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> so you definitely can't come on the adventure this time. You know? She's <laughs> like, actually, I could probably just finish the workup real quick if you just want to wait just a few minutes. I can come. He's like, no, 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 we, we, we got to go. We got to go. But it's just like so apparent that they were like, <laughs> so it was like JJ's way of being like, don't you worry, Last Jedi haters. I got your back. This girl's not going to be in my movie. Um, <laughs> this buzzkill is this buzz kill. Space. <laughs> <laughs> killing the things you love or whatever. Her line is. <laughs> um, but he, what's funny is that Star Wars Celebration, again, this makes it all the more cruel. Uh, at Star Wars Celebration, people, there was a, a Q&A and someone asked JJ about like what he was most grateful to Ryan for, like what he'd done story-wise. Uh, in terms of like um, what he could do, you know, choosing the the plot points for the for the rise of Skywalker, what what was he grateful to Ryan for in terms of how he set it up? And he he paused, and you could tell JJ was stewing. And in that moment, I realized how much he really hated the Last Jedi. And he said, you know, I will say the thing I'm most thankful to Ryan for is casting Kelly Marie Tran as Rose. So I got the opportunity to put her in this movie, and got the unique opportunity of working with her. She's just a tremendous actress, and the place goes nuts. The whole arena, the, they're, they're cheering, and you know, you're most grateful to Ryan for casting Kelly Marie Tran, a character that you have in the very beginning of the movie say, I'm not allowed to go on this trip. <laughs> like, it just feels mean. Like, it's mean. It's yeah. mean. She must feel so embarrassed. It's just mean. So anyway, yeah, I think the only reason she showed up was out of some sort of obligation, contractual oh, yeah. obligation. Um, yes, absolutely. That's exactly right. I'm sure her agent kept fighting like you got to include you have to. She's supposed to be in the next one, you know. Right, right. Or like uh, basically she's she could throw her career away if she wants to not show up. But yeah, I think she, yeah. I think uh, she took one for the team and actually went uh, actually performed her duty. It's, I mean, it's really it's hilarious, actually, it is. to see yeah. how they handle that. Yeah. M maybe the worst possible way. So. Worst possible way. It was calling it to attention that much. It was glaring. Yeah. And it felt uncomfortable. It uh, would have honestly have been better to have, like, just have a memorial for her. Like, just like just uh, have a photo of her and then have Finn, like, place a rose saying, 
um you know it's been we lost you six months ago and it's like yeah. uh, or something so stupid like after that. the battle of crate yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> this one's for you rose and now he has he, he has the moon do it in the to... crawl why don't they do the crawl? It, the crawl exactly. could have been the dead speak except rose she's <laughs> dead and silent <laughs> <laughs> terrible um yeah it was just bad man i i just it made me i felt so bad for her um i uh yeah so at the beginning of the movie so the crawl has the whole dead speak part and we get into kylo meeting emperor you know and the emperor is like you need to go kill the scavenger and he's like okay uh, you know sure whatever i don't i don't trust you there's no reason for me to work with you i don't care about your your armada the, the, the fleet of ships and then the emperor's like wait wait she's careful because she's not who you think she is and i'm like no 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 she she's nobody she's nobody we already did this we, we don't don't tell me she's not who we know who she is she's no she comes from nowhere that's fine that, that we're good we're good on this like i was still holding on hope that they wouldn't do this you know and then leia shortly after does this whole thing like ray ray never be afraid of who you are i'm like why would she need to be afraid of who she is? she's no one <laughs> leia she's no one why are you saying that to her what are we doing here what are we doing and they keep dropping, you know, I'm just like the inevitable. I knew it was coming. Right. But it was just like immediately they're already planting those seeds about how it's like how important it is for her parentage to be significant. And it really is bad. Um, I will also have a lot of questions about Palpatine's son, what he was doing, um, what his job was, what trade was he in? You know, oh, yeah. just how that came about. <laughs> so a lot of questions. But, I mean, yeah. Also, they're like Snoke being like in these like barrels these cloning things yeah this again snoke, all of it nonsense complete nonsense the jar of snoke is not something that i was expecting to see no 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 can you crack um, the thing open like a pickle jar i wonder you know <laughs> that's the thing is he fermenting in there like is. is this a weird like i saw anyway. some cucumber slices floating how around how many there. snokes did we go through by the way oh, before exactly. we landed on the one we used right that was so so much better than these throwaways uh that that Still, he had this huge scar on his face. He looked mm -hmm. terrible. Like this yeah. was, I don't, I think that they, they needed a few more rounds to go through before they were ready to run with the, the prototype, oh, yeah. you know? But anyway, it's ridiculous. Uh, now, another thing that was retconned in the most obvious way was General Hux. Now, Ryan made, to be fair, Ryan made a choice to make Hux a comic relief, like to make him silly. And he did that because it's kind of hard. He's a sniveling kind of like, you know, uh, this young, entitled millennial uh, first order commander, whatever he was in The Force Awakens. Ryan uses him to, you know, makes a laughing stock out of him, which was a choice that J.J. Abrams hated so much that he puts Donald Gleason in this movie to do this awkward scene where he reveals I'm the spy only to moments later turn around and get shot by the guy who immediately replaces him with because we just need some commander character at all times. Like just we're dispatching one. We got to have the next one come up because that's the thing we do. And they put Richard E. Grant, great actor, actually really looks like he belongs in the Star Wars universe, oh, yeah. could have been someone really great, but they want me to care about this guy and they have no time to build up any type of personality whatsoever or to utilize a good actor and so when his death scene comes at the end in the window i'm like wait who's that again was that what's going on oh okay cool i don't know i just don't care about this at all like what what are we doing uh but he was so mad at ryan for making hucks uh, a laughing stock that he dispatches him in the quickest and most like unceremonious way <laughs> like this is just it was just the clear retconning it i mean it was hard um and then 
you know, I'm going to keep taking I'm going to take this retconning train to the next stop. And the next stop is Ock 2. Ray taking a quick pit stop in Ock 2 to have a moment that should have really deserved a lot more time because she takes Kylo's ship after she kills and heals him. She takes him to Ock 2, takes it to Ock 2, destroys it, burns it. And she's frustrated. She's in the moment, this moment of like, she needs to reflect and really think about things before she can get the courage to return to the fight and then, you know, finish this thing. But she's there for like two and a half minutes. And it goes by so fast that I couldn't even have time to enjoy the moment that was supposed to be significant, which was Luke raising this, the freaking X-Wing out of the water, which we've been waiting for since we saw it underwater in the Force Awakens. And it, while it was happening, I found myself still thinking about the Han scene that just happened or like right before it. And it just, the pacing was so fast that I just couldn't, I just, there wasn't time to let this story breathe. Let you think no, about what's going on. A, there's just something constantly happening, like just constant. And I think that's actually a place to why I think uh, this movie, or I should say, I think that is one of the reasons that I think this movie plays to non-fans, like non-hardcore fans. Mm. If you're just a marginal Star Wars fan, you're just vaguely aware of it. You don't, you don't have to consider anything. It's because everything is playing out in front of you in like in real time, essentially. Uh, yeah. So it's just constant. It's just something is just constantly happening. I think they, there was a, um, a time frame that they're under or time constraint or something. I don't know. It, it just feels like, something is constantly happening. There's no time to breathe. There's no time to rest. And that's, I can understand why they want to do that because JJ is trying to tie, not even tie off loose ends. He's just trying to fill in the blanks, fill in the gaps really. And, um, and it's to the detriment of the story, I believe. So absolutely is. So on two, Luke catches the saber. Okay. I get it. He threw the saber before. And this time he catches it, says you shouldn't treat a Jedi weapon this way. Ha ha. Got it. Okay. You didn't like how he threw the saber in The Last Jedi. We get it, JJ. And then he literally says, tells Ray, like, oh, yeah, I was wrong. Everything I said in the last movie, I was wrong. I Just, was wrong kidding. To to off to. Just kidding. Just I, kidding. I was wrong. He says those words. I was wrong. And it was just, I'm sitting there like, not only is this just bad storytelling and it's just annoying that you're retconning this, but also, like, this sucks for Mark Hamill and it sucks for Luke. It's just, it, wasn't a good, it just wasn't a great scene. No, it's supposed to be this meaningful moment of like bring, when you bring a force goes back, it's got to be this moment of like inspiration and counsel and wisdom. And he was kind of painting a bleak picture. To be honest, he wasn't even that happy to see Ray there. Like he was like, OK, let's let's get you on your way here. OK, this isn't I'm going to hurry and get my ship out of here. I'm going to get you out of here because like um, like the caretakers still don't really like you. We <laughs> you're not really welcome here. So let's get you on your way. I don't know why you thought you could come back here. That You're welcome. Um but it's just like, it was weird and it wasn't great. If people are upset about the way Luke ended in Last Jedi, you should be really upset about this ta- this kind of tacked on uh, moment that could have been and should have been powerful. Right. It really wasn't. No, really, not really at all. Did you expect it, to, were you coming into this movie, were you expecting to get another ghost Luke? I absolutely. Appearance? Was. Yes. Okay. I, I was expecting multiple Luke. Um, and so I was prepared for that. I was great. And so this was actually less Luke than I was thinking. And it was also really just disappointing. I mean, it just really wasn't. And I feel like Mark Hamill wasn't really feeling it. That's uh, no, I, I was going to say that his performance that he gives in this movie is bad. It's, I mean, it's, it's like he's upset. Like he yeah. doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Which he probably didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, w- I was hoping he'd go like crazy uh, Yoda, you know, just, oh, just kind of uh, mimic that. It, yeah. <laughs> go insane Yoda. <laughs> oh, that would have been well. He still was kind of insane. A but, little bit, uh, yeah. 
but more crabby than anything, I guess. Sure. Right. But anyway, um, yeah. So it, all of that retconning stuff, it was hard for me to work through it and to enjoy uh, the film with just how blatant JJ did it. It's just, it made the movie a worse experience to watch. Um, now, to just go back to a positive note, I will say, watching it again the second time, knowing that that stuff's going to be in there and just kind of getting over it and just whatever, I'm not going to get caught up on it. Um, the movie is a fun ride. As long as you're not thinking about the plot too much, you're not thinking about Palpatine and what his motivations are, how he's still alive, what's going on. It is an enjoyable and very entertaining movie. I would not, this is not a bad movie. No. I think it's a disappointing conclusion to Star Wars. I think it's a disappointing Star Wars movie, uh, but it's not a bad movie. It's actually a lot like a theme park ride. Watching all the stuff like the race through Pisana, even the stuff in the caves with the worms, there's a lot of fun laughing moments. Again, like Babu Frick, we travel to a lot of planets. Like it's a ride. And so it's, uh, it, <laughs> That's a good time with the movies for people. It's good escapism cinema. This is like an, people who enjoy this movie have a, really, a lot of really good reasons to because it's a fun movie. Um, if you're looking for something that really ties together all these loose threads and does it in a cohesive way for Star Wars fans and Star Wars lore, you're going to have less of a good time. I, I mean, that's my day. You're just you're actually in my case, you had a bad time. But I don't want to say turn off the brain because that sounds condescending. Like it's not to be you know examined or for if you don't want to be a smart person about it. Like that's not exactly what I mean. But like if you just want to have a good ride and enjoy this th this show, you will get that out of this. I don't think like the prequels. I don't think are that same way. No, I think those are just objectively not. bad. It's objectively bad cinema. Um, James asking us, am I watching a replay of this right now on the Facebook? No, James, this is live. You're on live TV. This is um, so, so live. Well, that's hey, the thing. So that my thoughts were, this is an entertaining movie, but it, it is not satisfying whatsoever. Yes. Um, so entertaining, but not satisfying. Exactly. That's the way I look at it. So I totally understand uh, the, I think the audience score for this is in like the high eighties, if not low nineties. And I get that. I get that people are entertained by this movie, Yeah. but Ultimately, I left the theater completely unsatisfied. Well, I, I did too. And ultimately, it's because I'm watching people celebrate the end of, I guess this was a, the First Order had its grip on the galaxy like the Empire did. I, I don't know why these planets are celebrating. But also, we're celebrating the death of Palpatine and the end of the this First Order or Final Order, I guess it's called now. When, um, you know, I've already done this before in The Return of the Jedi, and I know what happens. Uh, Palpatine comes back, and there's going to be a new version of the Empire. Why am I celebrating this? There's nothing to celebrate. It's just going to happen again. It's going to come back again because that's that's what happened after Return of the Jedi. It's just hard for me to like, because it was all so similar, it was just hard for me to like think of this as some sort of triumphant win for the rebellion or for the exactly. resistance. It's just kind of like, well, whatever. In 20 years, we're going to get the next three movies of this and we're going to just see the same version of this stuff. I mean, it's, I can't, I can't cheer twice. I can't do two celebrations at Endor. Okay. I got one in me and that was in the 1983 Okay, no more, no more. So <laughs> I'm done celebrating. I'm celebrating with the Ewoks. Don't show me the Ewoks. They don't. They don't want any of this. We ruined their plan. I mean, we came in and we, yeah, we did not. Um, we did not leave that place better than we found it. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, I, I realize I'm all over the place on this, but I think it's. I just want to make it clear to people that I I think this is a fun and entertaining ride, and I just think that they treated some of these potentially interesting character arcs in, in, a, in a disappointing way. So 
Yeah, that's, that's what that it boils down to. I think you you especially have invested so many hours. <laughs> it's so much of your life in this oh series. And lot. then to, to have it culminate with this uh with this movie is just I don't see how you can't be disappointed. It's just it's mind-boggling. I so I I will tell you this. This is this is not a film that I'm going to be revisiting a ton. However, how could you? I don't understand. Who wants I, to see I, this movie again? I will say the second time I watched it, I got really excited because I realized that there is a fan edit in this movie waiting <laughs> to happen. I'm not even kidding. There, I'm going to release a depalpatined Rise of Skywalker. For those of you interested, DM me. I'm going to be editing a depalpatined version. I'm going to remove all of that. I'm confident that there's enough clean cuts that I can retain the arcs of Kylo and Rey without the Palpatine garbage. Um, it won't fix everything. Um, you know, I might be able to edit out maybe two out of the 12 fetch quests. We don't need this many wayfinders. <laughs> I love how they have keep reminding us how many wayfinders were. there were two made, you know, it's like they had to keep oh, telling God. the audience how, you know, to remind us what happened, you know, anyway, I, I truly believe uh, that I can do what, what Topher Grace famously did with the prequels. He did a, a prequel uh, fan edit that apparently he screened once and people have been talking about it ever since. I think that this film's ripe for an edit and I'm actually really excited to sink my teeth into it. And that's like the one saving grace here is like, oh, I can maybe take some of these things out. Um, can you? Uh, is there any way to replace the Emperor with Jar Jar Binks? Well, that's the thing, right? Pick your poison, okay? I, yeah. We can do this. Um, it, can be, <laughs> it can be any number of people. Uh, but yeah, yeah, maybe Orson Krennic from Rogue One. Actually, I might bring him. Oh in. wow, yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> that's actually a really good idea. The corpse he's like on a different. He's on a mechanical arm. I love it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, otherwise I find myself like if I'm going to be watching through the Star Wars movies, I could see myself getting the Rise of Skywalker and only watching the Kylo Ray stuff. So if you had to guess, which Star Wars episode have you watched the most? Um, a new hope. Okay. A new hope. I've watched the most, and then the close followed by the by Empire. Uh, so you've seen how many times do you think you've seen a new hope? Oh gosh, hundreds. It's been hundreds. And which episode have you seen the the least amount of times? Solo. Solo. Okay. And you've which still is, you've seen Solo like five times. times I've seen the Rise of Skywalker twice. Oh wow! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the last show seven times in theaters. I saw mm -hmm. Force Awakens five times in theaters and mm -hmm. many times since. I've, both uh, TFA and TLJ, I've watched on on the, the old Apple TV many, many times. But yeah, I, I, I just don't know if I can be able to bring myself to watch this film all the way through multiple times. Like, uh, just kind of, it's not one I'm going to be pop popping in, playing in the background. You know, like, I really think a fan edit is the way I'm going to go, which what, seems so dumb. But, what's so yeah. frustrating is there's some kind of interesting elements that get introduced in this. I like the yeah. whole, the whole uh, Poe is a spice trader or spice runner. Whatever spice you call it. Yeah. That's interesting. Spice to me. runner. Like that. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Spice runner. And that's interesting to me. Whole, that whole backstory. That was like, oh man, that could be something. Um, so yeah, there's little nuggets. We Jory Bliss. He, he whatever yes. he read, re rode with that gang with Babu yep. Frick. Let's bring him back. Run it back. Give us a yeah. Disney Plus. Give me seven episodes of Babu and Zori and Poe. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> That's the, the name genie? of the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> Babu, Zori, and, and Poe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we that is not the last we will see of Babu Frick. You and I both. No know that. way. They yeah, could develop Babu. a whole Disney Plus show around Babu. I honestly, Babu was we a would star. watch it. We would watch it. 
it's so funny when something is just like you can tell when something is a home run. It oh, all yeah. it takes is one sequence, and that's what Babu was that. Like he was, he's a freaking home run. Yeah. So well, I love when they get to the the Janna, uh, that new character on the Ocean Move Endor, and she's like, "We received a transmission from Babu Frick, and he said that you're the last hope." And I'm like, "What? Is, did he type it, or is that an audio? Can I listen to the tape of that? Because like his voice, I bet it sounds pretty funny." Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I want to hear how that message is relayed. <laughs> I know there, like this movie is critically flawed for me, but I, sure. I just, I cannot, I can't gloss over the fact that the whole final, the third act, everything about it was just detestable. I, I couldn't stand <laughs> everything about the Wait. plan to relaunch the empire. Okay. The, yes. That was so terrible. So stupid, like, like mind blowingly dumb. Like they, how, how could you even create that many ships with that level of weaponry, it doesn't yes. even like if you want to live in this world where that stuff is difficult to do because we they've already established that it's very difficult to to create these weapons that can destroy a planet. <clears throat> now he has a full on armada of thousands of, of these star destroyers with each one of them armed with these planet killing weapon. Technology. Oh, and by the way, they can't take off from their planet. Why? I don't. I still <laughs> couldn't. I couldn't grasp that. I don't understand. That's that. ridiculous. So, it's so ridiculous. absolutely. Yeah. And so beyond that, also, <laughs> the distress signal when Lando circles the galaxy and uh, creates this, this ship of uh, Minutemen to come out. <laughs> just that, so, did, that didn't work for you? You didn't like all the ships coming in? Just uh, It's so unbelievably convoluted and so stupid. It, it, it could have. It worked on me a little bit, but but it quickly moves like there's just no time to consider what's happening when i saw tons of ships it was like oh finally there's people in the galaxy willing to help but then also immediately i'm it's like they spend so little time exploring what's going on at all in that space battle it's like just obligatory battle in space while Pal the big palpatine scene is happening it's like return of the jedi all over again it's just like yeah it was like really obligatory now not everything in the third act is detestable the lightsaber handoff behind the back very was good. A really really cool moment excellent Excellent. And the whole nod from yep. Kylo Ren, like uh, Adam Driver's acting, especially after his turn back to life. I, I just really loved it because he says very little. Yeah. But it, so he's doing a lot of it with his face. But his nod to her and she does the thing, you know, you can tell they're communicating. She does the thing behind the back. He pulls it out. The Knights of Ren's back up a little bit. You know, we've already talked about his buddies. Right. Like, uh oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then he just kind of dispatches them. Everything he does with the saber in that scene. And like, it's all really, really awesome. Now. I want to know what you thought about the kiss, the Romeo and Juliet kind of moment, the mm. dead bringing back to life, and then the, um, and then the dying again. Yeah. So I mean, okay, we we were all expecting it, and we knew yeah. it was going to happen. Yes. But, so my only issue was it was just so cold, like it was very very uncomfortable. I I don't. To me, they had just no chemistry, like physically. For whatever mm. reason, the kiss was just really bad. Um, but it's fine, whatever. It had to happen. But I do appreciate the fact that she did give her life, or she did end up dying, and then he, uh, then she gets brought back, and then he dies, and he's gone forever. I just, I kind of thought like, I like the 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 whole interplaying of them dying and then coming back and basically sacrificing themselves for each other, which is I thought that was really interesting. Um, but I, I I do appreciate that they introduced the force heal thing in this. I just found it convenient that it happened like the day after we learned about force healing in Mandalorian. <laughs> There's a reason why they released that episode two days early. That's so funny. Yeah, that's yeah. it's very very funny. So yeah, 
Um, it is kind of funny. But yeah, I, so I love. I, I had no problem whatsoever with how their relationship ended, especially with them dying. And and I w- I wanted to see them fight together more. Obviously, I wanted to see them that them team up and do more stuff I together. Know. So much potential there, but you know, it wasn't meant to be. So yeah, yeah, um, I get you had to have them die. I, like uh, one of them had to go. Of course, it would be really cool to see like what they would do in the galaxy. Right, I, I mean, right, exactly. I don't know what the conflict is exactly, but. Uh, I will say my theater, they they clapped at four or five very distinct moments where they really responded. Okay. One of them was the kiss. And then the, the way he immediately dies afterwards, because mm-hmm. it's unclear, because they really they've only made just fleeting references to this like force energy and transferring life thing. Yeah, yeah. Like they did with the worm snake and then kind of Leia or kind of, and then this idea of like anyway, uh, this dyad concept and how their life force force went into the emperor which helped to remove more of his wrinkles, which were already kind of missing, which was also weird. <laughs> um, we don't want to get into the nitty, nitty gritty of the, of the cosmetics of the emperor, but he's actually looking better than ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so when he does the kiss and then he just immediately just falls over and then like disappears, my the, <laughs> the crowd in the first time I saw it had like an audible groan and kind of shock, like, because they just cheered and this is opening night, right? So I'm at the IMAX. It's, it's, you know, everyone's, everyone's pretty charged up. There's a dude in full Kylo Ren cosplay, like two rows <laughs> up, helmet on the entire movie, by the way. Just you, you the movie through the helmet. Um, yeah, I know. Like, Did I you know have the red lines painted on, like the cracks? <laughs> that's just like, dude, this is your, wa- the first time watching this, watching it dark. It's a, that's a bold way to go, man. Committed, committed to the to bit. Yes, absolutely. I want, I was hoping when Kylo throws the saber that he would similarly stand up and throw his, just launch it across the, th- you know, just pantomime the moments. Um, but uh, anyway, just a lot of fans dressed up. So. Uh, so they cheered at the kiss and then he falls over and I, I just really, really noticeable, um, groan, like, oh, oh, like just what? Like they just got what they wanted. People really wanted this whole Raylo thing. And then they got the kiss and it was a moment. And then, and then this character dies and I get, I get the groan because he was the best. His arc was the most fully fleshed out, the best told. It was really satisfying throughout the movie. We just got this really cool sequence with him. Um, and we, you know, we got a, this short little period of time with him on the light side and it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah, exactly. That's all we needed really was just that little piece, that little glimpse into what could have been. Um, but I think yeah. he went out the best possible way. I think, yeah, he, it, there's yeah. really no better way for him to go out because he, he got the redemption. Uh, his father forgave him. He forgave himself and he gave himself up basically. So yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. It was good. It was good. Um, Anything else? Yeah, oh, I yeah. think we we absolutely need to talk about the fact that once again, the emperor um, takes one on the face from his force lightning. <laughs> <laughs> again, you you would have thought that he learned the first. What, what did, did it happen twice? Twice? No. <laughs> the force if lightning. Anything, if there's anything we learned about these movies, people have not learned from the past. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the fact that. No one one lightsaber. Nope, cannot stop that force lightning. I need a second lightsaber. That's second gonna light, do it. Two lightsabers. That's two lightsabers. Two lightsabers to flex lightning. One just 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 holds it. Yeah, that's uh, it. So that second you, one. Uh, I I I wondered how much they would have, f- like tie in the whole nine movies. Like, are we gonna? There was rumors that we were gonna see Hayden Christensen as a force ghost in this film. 
Why would, why didn't we? Is my question. Well, we heard his voice, right? Yeah, so we sure so did. did you notice how many of those voices did you notice from uh, Star Wars movies? Two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we got Yoda and Vader. Yes. <laughs> Ewan McGregor is Obi Wan. We got. Oh, Hayden I didn't even notice. Oh yeah, he's the first one that comes. He goes, Ray. These are your final steps instead of your first steps. Couldn't hear it through the accent. I just can't. I can't understand a word he's saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then uh, Hayden Christensen says, "Bring balance to the force," like I did. So it's obvious. And then he says, and he says two lines, I believe. Um, I only know because I actually recorded on my phone last (laughs) night when I watched it again. So some legal activity. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. is one of the voices. No. Yeah, yeah, it is. Why? Yeah, because he plays Kanan Jarrus, who is a Jedi in the show Rebels. Oh, okay. And then they ha- so they have multiple Jedi from Clone Wars animated and Rebels. Uh, we get Mace Rebels Windu. One. Mace Windu. So Samuel Jackson was there. Oh, cool. Liam Neeson was a uh, voice in there. Uh, nice. Spygon Jin. And then, of course, Luke was the final one. And then you have Yoda. And then you had a couple of other ones that were from Attack of the Clones, um, like one of the Twi'lek um, mm-hmm. Jedi people. I didn't know her name. I had to look it up afterwards. I wouldn't. I don't know what voice is hers i wouldn't have recognized it i didn't even know what her name was and so there's that and then one other one from clone wars that um i wasn't i was unfamiliar with i didn't watch clone wars so i didn't know her character but they really brought out quite a few which was uh that's interesting pretty surprising but that's what i i actually appreciated that versus like if i swore if i saw hayden christensen as a force ghost it just I don't know how well I would have responded, Aaron. I don't know how well I would have responded. I thought everything was pointing to that, and I I was expecting yeah. it, especially yeah. once we heard that he he's kind of like reaccepted his role, his yeah. fate. He has as that. So I thought we we were going to get him in in a Force Ghost role. Unfortunately, we didn't. No, 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 no. Um, there was a John Williams cameo. If you caught it. I heard he was in it. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. There's this cantina sequence, like when they're on, I think Kajimi, and they're mm. kind of walking through this cantina and they go to this back room. I think we're, I think that's where Babu Frick was. And yeah, they cut right. away very obviously to the bartender who gives this kind of like disdained, disgusted look towards them. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and it is, and he's got this like weird contraption on his eye, and it's John yeah. Williams, the composer, which I love them putting him in here because that's great. If he's one of the people people like maybe three people most responsible for the greatness of star wars so i mean he's one of them he's on that mount rushmore like his the music is one of the most important things outside the story so it's cool cool that they did it for him but it's also kind of distracting when you know um. <laughs> i hate uh jj abrams friend that uh is the the pilot oh snap the he crashes and burns yeah he does and i was very happy with that yeah i don't i can't stand that guy i hate seeing Working him in, in the last jedi Exactly. For good reason. Because he's not friends with Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> but they've written books about him. His character has really? novels in canon. Yeah, his name's Snap Wexley. They've so I heard the actor yeah. that play, or I heard the, the Wedge and Tilly's is in this movie, but I, don't, I didn't yeah, catch one. Wedge, Wedge, I actually had an audible reaction because I didn't expect it. We know that he, uh, JJ reached out to him for The Force Awakens. His name's Dennis Lawson. And he just had no interest in coming to set to do like a two-second cameo. And I guess he was just like, look, I love Star Wars. I love my participation in it. You know, I'm just not interested in going out there to do that little thing. It's just not, you know, no thanks. A human uh, Babu Frick. He was, <laughs> he was cordial about it, but just had no interest. So when they cut to him, it, he is in the gunner seat in the Millennium Falcon with like, where Lando is. Um, it's not totally clear. That's where he is. It was the second time when I watched it. It was, ob- it was more obvious. Like, oh, he's sitting in the gunner seat. And it's about two seconds. And it's... I, I actually was thrilled and I know I know that this is all fan service at this point but like 
it was kind of cool to see Wedge back. Yeah. Which they actually made him maybe in the story. Maybe he didn't want right. to, but like I've got no problem him, with that, honestly. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. He he yeah, who knows how if he's got the acting chops anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, Lando does though. He was great. He Billy D was Billy fantastic. Was, he really did deliver. I actually yeah, he's awesome. He's so good. He like he really is. It was yeah. I was really, really happy to see him. Uh any other things you want to hit on positive or negative on the rise of skywalker um i did like the fact that in that final battle they did bring back all the cool ships that have uh, been featured throughout the the series someone yeah. went through i found a youtube with where they broke down all the ships that were there oh. it's okay. really interesting so they literally use like every single ship uh, really? i should say they used a, a ton of ships from throughout yeah. the, the series they placed them throughout that battle which is pretty interesting that's so like the, obviously the A wings and the X wings. Y wing. Uh, Ghost. Yeah. Ghost is a ship from one of the animated shows, mm-hmm. Rebels. As you know, you actually saw that shot in the trailer, um, and there was a lot of hubbub from Rebels fans. Um, yeah. But like, I didn't realize that they had methodically gone through and included a lot of the. Because that's, I mean, that's the moment to do it. This is. It all comes to this, right? That's it. Exactly. You're done. I'm so yeah, might as well. Um, so. I, I didn't. What did you think of? The connection. So this is the one thing that I found weird about Lando is they gave him a like a kind of a scene oh. with the um Jana. Jana is her name, exactly. She's the woman from the 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 planet of Endor, or yeah. I should say the moon of Endor. Yes. Who was an escaped stormtrooper, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. Um, which reminds me actually, we do probably should hit on Finn. Like oh yeah, absolutely. We should just talk about Finn's arc. People because people were upset about the last Jedi, they thought he was done wrong. But we should ask the question, was he done right in The Rise of Skywalker? But the Janna thing is interesting because they really, really strongly suggested that maybe Lando and Janna are related at the end there, but they didn't actually go through with it. And it just came across as a weird and creepy interaction because she's like, I don't know where I'm from. And he's like, well, let's go find out. You know, it's like, (laughs) he's like, he just says it in this way. That's like, what do you mean by that? It's off-putting. Yeah, it's off-putting. I, uh, I'll tell you, I got the, 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 they released these things called the visual dictionaries, these guides to these films, these, you know, Disney puts out. And I had one, of course, delivered the day that the movie came out, which is when it's released. And they have this thing in Lando's blurb. They have a page on Lando. And in the blurb, this is a plot point they clearly cut out of the movie. In the blurb, they talked about like he was on, you know, because they found him on Pisana. But part of that was because he had settled down and had a family, had a daughter. Um, and then she was taken from him by the first order and put in as a, you know, to be, to train, to be a first order trooper. And he was like devastated. And well, eventually went into like, just, I don't know if he's a hermit or whatever, but like basically that life on Pisana as we found him, but it says he had a daughter taken by the first order. So Jana is absolutely his daughter. That was definitely the plan in the script. They decided not to include that in this, in the, at this point, why not? You've connected Weird. everybody. Weird. We're gonna stop now, JJ. Now we're gonna stop connecting people to the past. Like, you just, just you've done it already. What? What are we? Why are we stopping now? Like, so many decisions were made, and so many of them were not good. So I, think, <laughs> I don't. It feels like maybe maybe someone from Disney or Lucasfilm story groups like now let's maybe we'll include that reveal in a novel. We'll write a book around that one or something like that. Right? It's like that's gonna be in some other whatever like uh, literature appendage something. Well, f- remember after the, uh, or I should say, before the solo, before the solo movie um, tanked, there was talk of doing a Lando spinoff movie, right? Mm. So what if we still get oh, that Lando so. spinoff, but it's yeah. older Lando? 
Ooh, okay. Not not a de-aged or or not de-aged, uh, uh, <laughs> an aged Donald Glover. Um, no. no, Donald Glover's out. He's uh, yeah, no, he's done. He's done. He's done. Um, yeah, that was just weird. It was weird that they just didn't do it because the interaction was really bizarre. It just did I don't know, uncomfortable. Um, okay, so Finn. Finn, people complained that he just got this weird side quest on the Kanto bite and is meaningless and they did him wrong. And yeah, I, I, I understand why, where people are coming from. It wasn't the strongest story. I wasn't like, I didn't love all the stuff that he did in The Last Jedi. It's just everything else I loved so much that I was fine having one thing not be great, I guess. But in The Force Awakens, his character arc is really interesting, this idea of a stormtrooper defecting, right? There's a lot of potential there. So where do we end up with that? In this movie, he meets a fellow defector that they can relate with a that's experience. And then they make him force sensitive. That's that's what the implication is in terms of him talking about the force and a feeling. And multiple times he feels Ray and it cuts to him like in the Falcon being like, oh, Ray is in trouble. Or, so he has this force sensitive. Now, he also has an interaction with Ray where he, as they're falling into that quicksand where he's like, Ray, there's something I've been want, really wanting to tell you. And it really feels like he's about to confess his love. And then they fall through. And Poe is like, brings it up again. Like, you know, a good a friend with a good natured ribbing. Right. He's like, hey, what was that thing you were going to say? He's like, no. He's like, oh, we're going to be, we're going to die here in these sand burrows. And, and, you know, and we're still going to keep secrets. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then he brings it up again. A, he keeps giving him a hard time about it, but it feels like it was going to be a confession of love. Well, last night at a Q&A for one of these screenings, JJ uh, took a question from the audience where they asked him about that. And he said, no, no, no. It was, he wanted to tell her he was force sensitive. I just... Don't know if that's what was really meant in the script. Either way, it's just not a great execution of what it's that so was really weird. They never revisited it. We just don't know. Yeah, no, it's never talked about again. Um, yes, again, just baffling. So many baffling decisions. Finn's consolation prize is that he gets to be force sensitive and he meets a new friend. Is that better than his art? What he gets in the Last Jedi? I would contend no. Um, I, I would contend no. I, I just, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But however, he is the hero of this story. Whereas the last one, he didn't get a chance to be the hero because Rose stopped him from dying the glorious death on the battlefield. In this movie, well, he actually gets to take part in blowing up that, uh, the transmitter. Well, Rose gets to blow up the transmitter. Yeah, isn't that what he's doing? He's he's uh, oh on the on the the, on the ship. Yeah, sure. yeah, operating like the ore box. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So if he doesn't blow up that transmitter, then it's all for naught. So sure. he was a hero. He was a hero, mm -hmm. uh, and had had Rose been there, you know, had she not been back at base studying the heck out of those Star Destroyer books, <laughs> all those novels and textbooks and fanfic yeah. to get to the bottom of how to, you know. Um, she could have been there to keep him from from saving the day. Uh, the difference here is he wasn't going to suicide himself. <laughs> so I think that's <laughs> well, that, uh, take that back because he does tell the ship the uh, ex or the the lander to take off because uh, he was ready to give his life. Oh, so he just wants to die. That's what, I think I, so. Yeah, he's got a death wish. Well, then he's probably going to be pretty unhappy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and very much alive, but also alone. He's like looking around and everyone's celebrating and he's got this look on his face, you know, kind of like, oh, good. Okay. People seem happy. Is this what happiness looks like? <laughs> uh, okay. 
Not for all Finn. Not for all FF or FN two eight seven. Text Joe three zero three three. Yeah, I mean, it was he was fine. He was fine. I I don't know. Um, Poe. Yeah, though, no, he doesn't. I, Finn is Finn was like basically criminally mistreated throughout the entire sequel. It was a good idea in the Force Awakens. Yes, really, absolutely. Idea. But a missed opportunity ultimately totally through both Oscar and, and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, but Poe, we I mean, I don't know if Oscar Isaac's above doing um, peripheral Star Wars content, but like I would watch a lot of stuff that they would make like Poe content. I wish he was used more in The Force Awakens. That's for sure. Um, because every time he was on screen uh, and that's what even I complain about all the fetch quests. But the reality is, is having the, the group together and, and the camaraderie, the charisma, you know, like it's you can feel it like there's these people. Um, they they just have a lot of chemistry and it makes for fun scenes, even if what they're doing is nonsensical and silly and it's just kind of MacGuffin to MacGuffin. But uh, yeah, it's fun to see him interact with Finn and Ray and 3PO and all that stuff. So it was cool to see that. Wish we could have had more in the previous films. <laughs> it's too late for that now, man. It's all over. For that now. This is it. So can you believe this? We are now at the end of the ninth Star Wars movie. It's over. That's it. It's done. It's wild. It's wild. It's I, so wild. I remember when George Lucas first made the comment. Actually, I don't remember, but I remember first hearing the comments from George Lucas that he wanted to make nine of these movies. I don't know oh, yeah, when he yeah, originally yeah. said it, but I, if, that's always a thing that I heard um, that he talked about this being a nine story or a, a nine episode story. And um, here we are after the ninth one. Here we are. And I would say six out of the nine aren't great. Three are amazing. <laughs> 33% batting average. That's Hall uh, of Fame numbers. Uh, you know, I like, I certainly like more of them than you do, but <laughs> yeah, it's the ninth of the Star Wars or the Skywalker saga. Yes, of course, exactly. Rogue One and Solo. Exactly. So you've got um, what, 11 films total and a great TV series. Well, it's they technically released Clone Wars movie in theaters. Um, oh, animated wow. movie and it's a disaster. So it's technically a theatrical release, but we don't ever really talk about it that way because it's a cartoon. Um, but yeah, so yep, we got Kylo, the grand, the grand kid of Vader, and Ray, the grand kid of Palpatine. Which, when he uttered those words, it broke my heart because he said it like as if that matters. The signal, it literally is again bringing back like, I'm the grand kid of Vader, you're the grand kid of Palpatine. Isn't that mean something? It's like, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. <laughs> it wasn't shouldn't supposed matter. to. It's supposed to, but it shouldn't. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's where I'm at, man. It's a fun ride, but it was a it ultimately it was a disappointing wrap up, and uh, I wanted more out of it. But uh, I will take my successful Kylo arc. That was great. It really was great, and I was so happy to see it. And I'll take it. I'll take it, and I will literally leave everything else out of it and that's what i'll do when i cut the movie with my fan edits <laughs> the deep palpatine edition people i'm serious it's coming get your orders in now you can venmo me maybe i'll do a kickstarter uh but i don't know if i'll do that before or after i create a petition for disney to to remove rise of skywalker from the canon like the people did with the petition for the last, for the last Jedi. i the, aaron i don't want to turn to those people keep me from from turning into the dark side and the people that absolutely freaked out about the last Jedi and just were beside themselves. I don't, I don't hate this movie. 
I don't hate it like they hated. Certainly not like hated Last Jedi, but keep me from doing a petition because <laughs> if it gets late and I think about it for too much, I'm like, well, maybe they'll listen. Maybe Disney will listen. Maybe Bob Iger will do, hear me out. Do you remember Here. when uh, I want to say it was the first term of Obama where everyone was making these petitions on on the White House website? And if you got a certain amount of webs, if you got yeah. a certain amount of signatures, he would have to comment they were the White House to acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Bob Iger had a system where he was forced to acknowledge. Uh, but, oh my goodness! No, the, the only thing that Bob of- Iger responds to is criticism from uh, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> He's real quick to acknowledge oh, that. Very, very quick. Yeah, yeah. Not sure I hold the weight Scorsese does. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is you brought this up. This movie was like a, a theme park ride. Yeah, those are the words of Martin Scorsese. <laughs> like he <Uh-oh>. he he <laughs> accurately said these movies are like theme park rides. They're not. They're not art. It's yeah, it's a thrill ride. So this one felt like a thrill ride. Everything yeah. through all these planets, it felt like a thrill ride, and yes. that's fun. Some, I, there's a ver- I disagree with Scorsese that that doesn't count as cinema or whatever. Like yeah, it's just a different type of story, and it's not like the fine art of storytelling. I get that, but like that's a fun ride at the movies for people to have. I think that's great. And maybe Scorsese wasn't making necessarily that point, but um, I think that this is one good storyline with the Kylo arc and then it just in the trappings of what's otherwise a funny and just a fun thrill ride that you just can't think about too much or it just won't make any sense from a logic standpoint. Just don't think about it. Exactly. That's it. it. You just can't think about it. Unfortunately, PO might have this really moving moment where he makes a decision to sacrifice his memory. This character we've had since the very beginning, the person that we had the first line of dialogue in any star Wars movie that had this really meaningful moment only for him to immediately get his memory back and have it all mean nothing because he didn't actually sacrifice anything. Don't think about that. Don't think about it. Just enjoy the movie. Don't, Don't think about it whatsoever. Do not do it. So. Uh, I, how about the fact that like, it's, you know, these, the kids that are watching this movie now, this series now, this is their trilogy, right? Yeah. They're never going to have the connection to the original right. trilogy. Like you or I had, or people before us had mm-hmm. or our parents or whoever. Um, and, and I feel bad because that original trilogy had so much, it, it, it led to so much imagination. We had, we had these thoughts of what could be, uh, we had to fill in the blanks and we had, we were forced to create these scenarios in our head. Um, whereas this new trilogy is, I mean, we have, it's the bookend, like there's nothing more. That's how it. How many filmmakers, how many major influential talented filmmakers today talk about Star Wars as being this influence that. Exactly. You know, made them want to tell stories, become a filmmaker and go into this. It was this, this enormous point of influence. How many filmmakers are we going to hear from 30, from 30 years from now referencing the rise of Skywalker as being the story that really influenced them? Because they don't have to watch Rise of Skywalker. They can watch any of the original trilogy stories because they're the same. Right. Okay. Exactly. Except a lot less convoluted and uh, a little, certainly more logical. And yeah. Uh, yeah more fun. Just, yeah, there no. This is not going to be a source of inspiration for people. It serves as um, a, at least a decent close to the chat, right? Like it got us across the finish line. Okay. Yeah, that's it exactly. I that's think I read more on Twitter that uh, they described it like the Millennium Falcon, the, the Rise of Skywalker. It's a hunk of junk, but she's got it where it counts. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of agree with that it got us across the finish line. Did we win the race? No, but we we got across the finish line. We got across. We we didn't collapse. We didn't give up. We got across, and that's good. That's that serves that purpose. But it's never it's never going to be this influential piece of cinema that that any of the original three uh, films or the Last Jedi will be. So yeah, that's that's interesting to me because the this the this movie opened to uh, domestically at least 
I would say the disappointing box office. I mean, it's still the made a ton of movie. box office of all time. So yeah. it's hard to say disappointing, but but certainly under Disney's projections, mm-hmm. right? I think it was like a one seventy three or something. Is last yeah. Day. I mean, there's gonna be official numbers tomorrow, but um, yes, weren't, weren't under- they expecting two hundred plus? Uh, yeah, well, that's what the industry estimates were. Mm-hmm. Disney put out like I want to say it was like one eighty or one seventy five or something like that. It was they, I mean they're always going to come out with a conservative estimate, and the industry will be have it more inflated. Um, but yeah, I think that really the the troubling thing is this has the worst cinema score, which is an audience rating as they're leaving the theaters. They give it like A plus all the way down to F. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And um, every other Star Wars film except Solo had gotten an A. Solo got an A minus. Rise of Solo Skywalker. got an A minus. Yeah, it got an A minus. Oh my god! <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Is like Cinema Score is interesting because people are pretty easy to please, especially yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, Rise of Skywalker B plus. Ooh, wow! It's the worst Cinema Score mm-hmm. that any of the Star Wars films got. So that's that's troubling. That's troubling for for uh, Bob. So, yeah, I think there's there's a fair amount of fatigue there. Um, some of it's fatigue, I think so. And I think it was just ultimately in the wrong hands. I think that's what. Yeah. If these movies were good, people would go out to see them. <laughs> that's. Yeah. I mean. It, yeah. That's what it boils down to. So. Yeah, I mean, it's still going to make just it's going to make a billion of course. dollars. Of course. And it's all well on its way to make over a billion, and so, uh, and it'll do buco bucks in the international box office. So it, it'll be a success. There's no question there. Not critically. But it will be commercially, even if it comes slightly under uh, their projected opening weekend box. So, uh, what will be interesting is to see what they announce for the next film. We know that there's a develop- film in development, uh, a series of films in development by Ryan Johnson still, and then Kevin Feige. Those are the only two filmmakers attached to the films right now. Um, Kevin Feige's not even developed; it's just an idea at this point, like a story idea that doesn't have any even release date year or anything, and so. Um, we will be hearing from Disney and Lucasfilm apparently in the coming week or two, like soon, um, kind of what the next phase of the Star Wars film release schedule is. So I, I look forward to seeing what that looks like. And I really, really hope Ryan Johnson gets to tell a story from the beginning. Because if Knives Out is an indication, this man just knows how to put a story together. He knows how to put a, a especially an ensemble cast, work well together. He's great with actors, good with, with these tight scripts, you know, that are... Um, you know, really, I think fun. And so I, I look, I really hope that that he's able to see that project through. So here's to open. All right. We've uh, potted for an hour and a half, <laughs> but it's rise of Skywalker. So exactly. Uh, my rule is just pod less than the run time. And so uh, we're not at two twenty, so we're good. <laughs> All right, man. Any closing thoughts? No, I think we hit everything. It's just, um, a sad way to end the fran- the Skywalker franchise. Sure. Um, We're going to see these characters again. You and I both know that. We're going to see They're 100% Ray coming back for sure. And it's going to happen. Might not be like super soon, but we will no. see these people again. Exactly. Exactly. So, so don't fret if you're a Star Wars fan. You're going to get a do over yes. without a Maybe doubt. not Kylo. Maybe not Kylo. No. It's a prequel type of thing. But even then, Ben, ben Solo being good was a, just at the end there. Just you got about seven minutes of that. And that's it. All right, man. Um, As they say in Star Wars, Aaron, may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 